All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, And we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101Insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. What's up, Crypt Nation? Welcome to another great episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. Pizza Mind here with my trusty compadre, Bryce Paul. Hello. Bryce, how you doing? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, life's good. Life's good. Sunny San Diego. Uh, although it has been uh, you know, pretty rainy recently, rainy and cloudy, but mm. nothing compared to uh, kind of like the craziness going on in uh, Louisiana right now. So uh, shout out to everybody out there in the South. Our thoughts are yes. with you. Uh, Especially but yeah. uh, our tugboat captain, Alan Hamilton. I know you're stuck upriver somewhere. Mm. We're thinking about you, buddy. Yeah. Bummer. Um, um, big bummer. Yeah. Now, we had a really great uh, conversation earlier about what the future might look like in 10 years in terms of jobs and the gig economy and stuff like that. But we want to learn more about what crypto and blockchain can potentially bring to that table. So with us here, we've got Adam Jackson, the co-founder of the Brain Trust Network. Adam, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. Great to be here, fellas. Thanks for having me. Before we jump in too much into Brain Trust, let's learn about you. How did you get yourself into this amazing industry? Where did you come from? And what was it that clicked in your head that says, building a crypto network is what I need to do with my life? <laughs> For sure. Well, uh, it definitely is what I need to do with my life. I couldn't think of a better way to spend time, honestly. And uh, and Brain Trust is really, truly a passion project. Um, quick background on me. I'm a software engineer by training. I studied computer science at Vanderbilt University. Uh, moved out here to the uh, San Francisco Bay Area right out of school. And I was sort of like kind of a lousy engineer turned entrepreneur. And uh, Brain Trust is actually my fourth venture-backed endeavor. Um, my 
I've been building and investing in marketplaces my whole life. So two-sided web-enabled marketplaces. My first one was an e-commerce marketplace acquired by Intuit. Second one, an automotive marketplace acquired by Advanced Auto Parts. Uh, third one's called Doctor on Demand, which is now the world's largest video telemedicine service. And then now Brain Trust, which we're almost three years into and uh, are launching on Ethereum mainnet here uh, September 1st. So uh, that will have already happened by the time you guys hear this. But, you know, like the theme there is like, you know, I've been been really obsessed with, you know, the, the magic of web enabled marketplaces, right? Like software that brings together buyers and sellers, right? It's an amazing thing. One problem I noticed, though, at, over my career of, of, of participating in these as, a, as an investor or a founder is, you know, they're very capital intensive to build, right? Like the playbook for Web2 marketplaces has typically been like raise hundreds of millions or billions of dollars of venture capital, use that money to subsidize one or both sides of the marketplace. If you're lucky, you get liquidity, right? I.e. lots of buyers and sellers transacting. And then step four pay your investors back. And how do you pay them back? Fees on the marketplace, right? So the rake keeps going up and up and up. And what that does is it creates now this misaligned incentive structure between the users on the network who make their living there, think like drivers for Ubers or DoorDashers or whatever, uh, or and the, and the owner operators of the network, which are typically, if you raise that much money, you're investor owned, right? And so your network effects start to erode. People start to like want to go around the platform, so they don't have to pay that big rake. And so I thought, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this, right? There's got to be a better way to. There's got to be a way to get your users who make their living on the network to also be owners and in control of the network from day one. And so with Brain Trust. This was actually like a token economic model looking for a category. I was actually a, a full-time investor at the time I, I wrote the model. And, um, you know, it, it's like it basically flips the script. Instead of raising billions of dollars and hiring tens of thousands of people, you raise a little bit of money and you give ownership and control of your network to the folks who make their living on it. And then fast forward 10 years and you've got, you know, minimal investor participation all of the control and ownership of the network are, you know, the folks who who make their living there. So that's that was the whole idea behind Brand Trust, and and that's it. Look, that's a new business model, new network model, enabled by a new technology, a token, right? Like, you, you, just to be fair to like Travis Kalanick, you, you couldn't he couldn't have started Uber 10, 12 years ago and gave ownership of Uber a little bit to each driver and rider, and you know, before you know it, you have ten million people. Um, you, but you can do that with a token, right? Like you can, tokens can be uh, held by and transmitted by anyone. It's super easy. So this is a, it's a totally new model, sort of uniquely enabled by the token. Wow. Fascinating. And was, was there, so brain trust is right now currently a, like a decentralized uh, talent pool. Uh, I would say, uh, could you kind of explain why you started with talent um, in the same way as, you know, Uber started with cars specifically. They didn't go after everything. Airbnb went after, you know, real estate. You're going after talent. 100%. Yeah. So sorry, I kind of jumped right in there. I didn't give much of an intro to Braintrust. Uh, Braintrust is a decentralized talent network built on Ethereum. Um, it connects uh, tech people, product managers, designers, knowledge workers generally in tech with companies that need their services on a contract basis. And the Brain Trust Network facilitates the contract, uh, manages reputation, payment, and then we use our native token, the Brain Trust token, to govern the network. And so, um, why start with talent? Great question. Like, 
why not, you know, why not just dig right in with room sharing or ride sharing or food delivery? The reason was like, so we started this project in 2018 and it, you know, if, if you're, that was super early days, right? It's still early now, but it was super early in 2018. And basically if you're going to use a token as your new incentive mechanism and new governance system, pick a category where it's a little easier to explain a token and a wallet, you know? So, so like it was a natural fit to start with sort of knowledge workers tech people, and then, you know, hopefully someday, you know, move into other categories. Yeah, that makes plenty of sense. So is this somewhere where a tech person just upload their resume and then wait for a call? Or are they looking through available tasks that they can do today, however much or however little they want to do? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, so so kind of both. So you can sign up to Braintrust, Braintrust.com uh, as a talent um, you create your profile, which is sort of like, it's like a LinkedIn profile, but like way more interesting, right? Like you can, you know, attach your code repositories or your design or your password history. And then, uh, and then the, the network software will serve open gigs for you, right? It'll say, oh, Nike's looking for a designer. Porsche's looking for an iOS developer. Goldman Sachs is looking for a Java developer. Those are all real job listings on the platform today right now, by the way. And then oh, you wow. can submit a proposal if you like, and it, it's just the traditional marketplace software. It, it's, uh, you know, bid ask and, and hopefully get a match and uh, get a gig out of it. Wow. I love it. So tell us a little bit about you know, I, I, you already touched on it a lot about how the, the token is the governance of this entire platform. And I think a lot of people out there who are listening right now, just, you know, they start, they got into crypto because they heard about maybe Dogecoin or Bitcoin or Ethereum and they're trading it. And then they come to Crypto 101 and they start listening and they're like, wait, they're talking about like de- a decentralized like talent network. What does this have to do with crypto? And they don't realize that this is the feedback I've gotten from a lot of users is, is we have, you know, they don't realize that, you know, underpinning this entire network is a cryptocurrency. In fact, a cryptocurrency isn't just this speculative vehicle that people are trading. So could you kind of tell us how cryptocurrency, how this token, the, the brain trust token, like functions and why it exists? Absolutely. So let me, let me give you an analogy, right? Because your your audience understands crypto. Maybe, in, I'm sure you guys have spoken about DeFi before. Maybe you've heard of Compound, right? The, the borrow-lend protocol. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, so Compound is a decentralized money market, right? You essentially, the suppliers bring tokens. Uh, people who want to borrow them are the demand. And the protocol basically dynamically figures out an interest rate and then enables the transaction, right? Then you have the comp token, which is the governance token, right? So comp holders can, can decide, hey, should we like decide to list this new token as, you know, as a, a new market on compound? Or should we remove this one? Or should we change the interest rate structure or whatever, right? And so the, the, um, they're sort of like the OG governance token. And so Robert Leshner is a founder of that protocol is actually a good friend of ours and an early, um, early backer of uh, brain trust. We decided to just like, why reinvent the wheel? So we forked compound. And so our brain trust token operates exactly the same way. It's a governance token at its core. The way you earn it is by helping brain trust. So invite talent, invite clients, onboard talent, anything, right? Like all the things we would have hired thousands of employees to do, like people have been doing in exchange for our token. And then that, then you use that token. There's a bunch of other uses, but like primarily you're proposing changes to the network. You're voting things down, voting things up. Uh, for instance, like we have a, our 
fee structure on brain trust. So like if you go to Upwork and you're a programmer, Upwork's going to take, you know, 30, 40% depends on the tier you're in and blah, blah, blah. But they take a lot of fees off every transaction. Same with Fiverr. Um, on brain trust, we take a 0% fee from our users and a flat 10% fee from the client. So it's the network's supposed to just sustain itself, right? It's, it's actually a nonprofit. And so like if somebody wanted to change that fee structure, they would propose something on our governance portal and then the token holders would vote same as you would on compound. So, so that, so like why a token, like there's been plenty of talent networks before, right. That have been just fine without a token, but they're all profit maximizing entities. Right. And what that, you know, the profit comes from the fees, from the rake, and that rake sucks, right? Like if you're talent, like if you're making your living and or if you're a client, you're you're basically think of if there's a 50% fee on a network, every hundred dollars you spend as Porsche, only the only $50 of work is getting done, right? Yeah. It's stupid. I know. So, I, I was thinking the other day, um, when my Uber driver was like complaining to me about, you know, Uber, he was like, you know, I'm driving you only a couple miles and it, you're paying eight. You know, he goes, I'm only really making like maybe three or, you know, three fifty on this ride. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I didn't really think about it that way. Um, because Uber takes the other side. And what, what's kind of coming to my mind right now is uh, Silicon Valley, actually the TV show, because it's a, it's kind of exemplifying this whole movement that you're explaining right now, like moving away from a centralized own, like a centrally owned cloud and into this network that's owned by everybody. And the only way that we could kind of get to that level is by having a token uh, to kind of incentivize everybody uh, and be the through line. I guess one of my questions to you is like, is this actually a big trend that's unfolding? Like, is a lot of Silicon Valley investors and like people, you know, you, you invest for a living, like, and you're an angel and you you know all these, you know, people that are actually like building these new, you know, platforms and stuff of the future. Is, is this actually a serious trend? Like, are a lot of other people doing this or is this fringe right now? This is still new. It, it really is. I, I really thought and would have hoped this space, like user owned networks would have been further along by now. I mean, you have, you have cool things like Audius, which is sort of like a decentralized Apple music or Spotify. Yeah. And um, TikTok just announced a partnership with them to some capacity. Totally. Yeah. So I think like Roniel and that team are amazing. Uh, I think that's a, that's a model where like cutting out the middleman makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're like, Brain trust is growing like crazy. I mean, I, I pulled this this stat for you just to share. Like, I just pulled it this morning. So, we we've only been at this. You know, we've been in market. We we got into private beta January of 2020. So we haven't been doing this that long. In uh, August of 2020, we had 168 thousand dollars of marketplace revenue travel through Brain Trust. That means like clients hiring talent. This August, which is the last day of August when we're recording this. We have 2.65 million in transactions go through the network. Wow. And that, so that's a 16x year over year increase. And it's like, we're, we're doing so with like basically no salespeople, very few employees. It's all like, it's because the fees are low, right? And the community's into it. And so, yeah, look, to answer your question, like so many two sided marketplaces are going to experience this tokenization. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like such early days. So there's a you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. 
and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. New investment opportunity you got to know about. And I'm not peddling some random altcoin. And it actually isn't even crypto at all. But lots of crypto investors have been diversifying into this. It's an asset class that's thousands of years old and valued at over $6 trillion. That's almost four times larger than the market cap of every cryptocurrency combined today. Um, the problem is that it has been limited to the wealthiest of the wealthy. But now, thanks to a recent change in the legal code, it's finally available to everyday investors. And there's only one startup that is giving you access to this exclusive world. Masterworks makes multi-million dollar paintings as investable as Bitcoin. Uh, for example, instead of paying 20 mil for a Banksy outright, uh, you could invest in a fraction of one. And they're always adding new million dollar plus paintings to their platform. Uh, and offerings have sold out quickly in the past, so I wouldn't wait around. If the volatility of crypto has been giving you the jitters, uh, well, you can skip the Masterworks wait list with my link at masterworks.io slash crypto 101 that's masterworks.io slash crypto 101 i'll see you there and guys it's really important you have to look at the important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer those are also going to be in the show notes it totally feels like it's blending the lines between like somebody as a customer and somebody really as like a, a part of the community. Like to me, the people that are using Brain Trust are community members. They're not your customers. And I think that a lot of people, when they're you know you know VC comes, well, who's your customers? How much are you making from them? Like they probably think you're crazy. Totally. <laughs> they totally did. You you have no idea how hard our our seed round and our was was to raise when this was yeah. just an idea back in 2018. Because because if you think about it. What's the old way? The old way is, you know, build a marketplace and extract as many profits as possible through fees, right? So it's like, so right. a marketplace investor will say, okay, what's your, uh, what's your GSV, your gross, you know, how much revenue is going through the platform? How much of it are you taking? And what does it cost to acquire customers? CAC, right? And those are the three metrics of a marketplace. Ours looks a little weird, right? So we're, our, our GSV is, is, skyrocketing we don't we take barely anything out of it right it's just that 10% fee that kind of helps the you know the sustain the network whoever's kind of running the servers and whatever and there's a bunch of people that 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 incur that cost and then cost of acquisition is basically zero right yeah. it's all it's all community driven so um yeah this animal looks a lot different and um you know silicon valley investors um have really kind of missed this one uh it's mm -hmm. really been like much more of a global phenomenon interesting I love it. Yeah. So, so when I think of the, 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 the brain trust token, 
how do you think about its value, right? Like, you know, does it does it have a float? Does it trade? Uh, how, how does it gain value? Yeah, for sure. So, so let me let me start by saying, like, you know, what the token is used for and what's not used for, right? So, it's a utility token, which means it's it's built for usefulness. It's it's built to control the network, really, just like the comp token. So the more tokens you have, the more brain trust tokens you have, the more control and influence over the network you have. It's one token, one vote. So if so, by the time this is recording, or by the time this airs, it may or may not be on exchanges and have cash value. We actually have no control over that, right? It's like we're, we're decentralizing the network this month. We have tens of thousands of community members that will be taking possession of their tokens. And like, what happens after that? It's like literally out of our control. Like it might show up on a decentralized exchange. It might show up on a centralized. But the, the interesting part is like it really if, if it ever does have a cash value, it really doesn't matter what, what it is. Right. The network doesn't care. Right. Because it's still one token, one vote. And so folks who have you know been earning tokens for the last couple of years and, and make their living on brain trust, they have an incentive to hang on to that token and like vote in their interest to make sure somebody doesn't come along and like, you know, change the rules and make it harder for them to make a living. Makes sense. You've got a really unique perspective as both an engineer and an investor. That's not something we come across very often. So I think you're actually the perfect person to ask this question. How does one construct a value model around a governance token? I mean, there are some people that look at the total value locked in a network and say, okay, maybe the market cap of the governance token should reflect some ratio of that. Or they might look at all the fees generated in a network over a year and have some kind of multiple they do. How do you evaluate something that's not just collecting fees or generating revenue, but is tokenized human talent? That's a whole different, unique model to look at. For sure, man. And look, this, this is a great question. Like, um, a couple couple answers sort of you know as a as a founder and as an investor so um i don't think anyone has a good model of like oh a network does this so the token should be worth that like I, i've seen lots of stock to flow uh, blah 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 kind of models i don't think any of them actually work from brain trust pers- so so as a like as someone who purchases tokens like i look at the utility of the network right so for i'll give an example like I was a very, very early purchaser of Filecoin, like on the very first instrument. And I just fell in love with the Filecoin project. Their white paper is elegant. The tech is amazing. Juan Benet is a, is a genius. Um, and it's like, think about what that they're a storage marketplace, right? You have on the, on the, on the supply side, folks with hard drives, on the demand side, folks who need to, to store stuff. Right now, you go to AWS, use the S3 product. That's a like a what a sixty percent gross margin business for AWS, right? So AWS is the middleman taking a sixty percent cut. Filecoin brings it to zero, and um, the Filecoin token is the utility token. So the bet then is like, well, if, if Filecoin ends up being interesting someday, like maybe I should want to hold this token. I, I would say the answer the same way about Brain Trust, the same way about Ether, right? Like Ether. Like the more people who need to process smart contracts on Ethereum, the more Ether they're going to need, right? So I just look at the world from like a pure utility standpoint. Uh, I think that's kind of the way I look at it as well. Is like, you know, what's the total addressable market um, and what's really like, you know, the value of like securing that network. Um, I think what's interesting is like how Bitcoin's proof of work 
is very similar to, uh, or like, you know, proof of stake is actually just trying to replicate Bitcoin's proof of work, but it's, it's a lot harder, I think, to acquire like mining software uh, and mining hardware these days. So um, I think that, you know, maybe proof of work is a little bit more defensible from a decentralization standpoint. Um, would you, do you agree or do you disagree? Yeah, I actually do agree with that. So like compare, compare um, sort of uh, ETH2 with Solana, mm-hmm. right? So Solana is a, you know, is a giant proof of stake network, um, much harder to run their hardware, right? It's like very specialized ASICs that need like, you know, special machines and data centers. And so it's by default less decentralized, right? Because it's just harder to run a node than it is to you know, a Solana node than it is to run an Ethereum node. And therefore Solana can be much faster, but inherently less secure, right? That's that's the trade-off they made. And so, you know, that's what I like about Ethereum is like, it is so ridiculously decentralized and there's so many nodes and, you know, yeah, it's not fast, right? <laughs> never never claimed to be fast, but um, but it's quite secure. Now I'm curious about the uh, the dispute resolution on uh, Brain Trust. Uh, you know, there, there there's one uh, platform that I used to remember. Uh, it was called Claros, uh, and it was uh, PNK was the uh, the ticker symbol for Claros, and they did like on chain mediation and all that kind of stuff. But does do you guys rely on like an, a, a different oracle to do mediation and stuff? Or does uh, the Brain Trust kind of wallet or the, or the Brain Trust platform already have that kind of baked in? Yeah, great question. This is um, we this is something we we took pretty seriously from the start. Like we didn't want like the core teams building Brain Trust to be like arbiters of disputes. Like that's that's not fair. It's also not like not the business I want to be in, and it's not decentralized, right? So um, we launched uh, community driven dispute resolution. So essentially, like. If there's a dispute around an invoice, either by client or talent, um, the application software allows them to voice the dispute. Um, if they can't uh, come to terms, the software will um, petition community members and form a jury based on token holders, essentially. And then that jury reviews the, the case. Uh, they'll be compensated some tokens you know, for their time. And then the jury decides, and then that's, you know, that's that. The software has to uh, has to take that direction. Uh, and so that's something that's infrastructure we built, um, but is now like completely community controlled. That's really cool. Well, I know you guys have a bunch of stuff coming out for Q4. Can you give us a peek inside the roadmap in terms of any launches you're going to be doing, any partnerships you're going to be announcing? What can we expect going forward? Man, our... Um, the the like this genie really got out of the bottle like so we we always thought we would be client constrained like most most networks and firms like they're the money side is the constrained part right opposite happened for us a few months ago we we become talent constrained so like couple couple huge clients i can share since this is coming out uh you know right at the right time um we've had goldman sachs american eagle atlassian under armor wayfair all sign up and start transacting on brain trust just in the last few months. Um, So this, so what's amazing is like, these are like old school, traditional kind of blue chip companies that are now using a decentralized crypto network. Not all of them may know that some of them do. Um, But like, that's like all new money and brands and like, it's all new people to crypto. Right. So that's kind of the big news. And um, we're just going to keep doing more of that and, and, and just keep building this network out uh, with this incredible community. 
I love it. And, and then Adam, are there any other like crypto, like, you know, public crypto nets that you guys are leveraging or integrated with or uh, any other tokens maybe uh, that, yeah, that you guys like leverage in your network? I know you guys said you are a, a fork of compound. Yeah, it's it's really like the the fork of compound. We use Snapshot for governance as well, which is oh, a really nice. awesome tool. Yeah, so it's like we we try to like you know we, we kind of mirror like what what Uniswap and what, you know a lot of the big projects that are well worn uh, yeah. try to do. Very smart. I love it. So so tell us a little bit more um, about some like you know kind of moving past crypto and moving past um, you know brain trust. Uh, in closing, we have a couple of questions we'd like to ask, you know, every guest and just about like your influences and uh, kind of in the crypto space. I know you mentioned Robert Lesher, so I'll say, except him, who else in the crypto sphere uh, do you really admire and uh, what about them has really kind of inspired you? you? You know, this is an easy one for me. Like there's a lot of smart people in this space, but I'm yeah. really, I, I'm a big fan of Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF from oh, yeah. um, FTX. You know, you're talking about, you know, a young kid, really sharp, right? Like um, uh, running, you know, a, a business that's that's difficult from a regulatory standpoint to, to be generous about it um, and growing it like crazy. But like what I love most about him is like he's thrown the ball a lot further down the field than most of the people in this space, right? He names the Miami Heat Arena, does a deal with Tom Brady, paying people, athletes in crypto. Like this is the kind of stuff that like, the industry needs to get away from like the kind of tedium, uh, uh, you know, and like the, it's too techy, right? Look, right. I'm, a, I'm a tech guy. I get it, right? I'm I'm, I'm ridiculing myself here, um, but he's a big thinker. I, I just love how creative he is, and he's such a young, bright guy. I'm I'm a huge fan. Yeah, wow. Yeah, no doubt. He's gonna he's gonna be one of the most influential people in this space for decades to come. Um, and lastly. If this was the very first podcast that someone was listening to, just trying to get into crypto or maybe maybe even just investing in general, give them a word of wisdom as they get their feet wet for the first time. Well, I would say you if you if this is the first if this is your first month or whatever in the, in the space, you are feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling like you're late to the game. You are not. You are early to this game. Uh, I, you know, like I came in in 2016, 2017, I thought I was late to the game because they, they wrote the Bitcoin white paper in, you know, 2009 or whatever. So you're never like, this is a multi-decade as, as both of you guys know, well, multi-decade trend. This is blockchain's bigger than the internet and it's more important than the internet. And so if you're just getting here now, like, congratulations, you got here early and don't be intimidated. You can learn anything about this space for free on YouTube or from great podcasts like Crypto 101. <laughs> so don't don't be intimidated by it, right? Like it's not it's not as complex as it sounds. Just dig in and um, you know, go try stuff out, right? Go go get an Ethereum address, get on Uniswap, start buying stuff, figure it out, right? The only way you learn is by playing with it. And just to give a parallel to the internet, this is like the 56k modem days where things are a little wonky and they don't always work right. But that's how, that's a consequence of being as early as we all actually are. You know, we're, we're lucky to be here, right? This is a hell of a time to be alive. Hell yeah. All right, everybody, catch you guys next week. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and we're really, ex we're really excited to, to hopefully have you back on uh, later in Q4 to bring you guys back on Touch Base and uh, here's some more exciting stats, more growth. 
would love that. Thanks for having me, guys. And hey, keep up the great work. Big fan of the show. Cool. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.